The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think. Especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives, securing futures. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter and sitting in the guest co-host chairs, Bennett Hip. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Brennan Chapman, Assistant Director of Player Personnel for Ole Miss Football Recruiting for a deep dive into Ole Miss Football Recruiting. How does it work? What is the Shark Tank? And what about 2020 recruiting? Brennan Chapman coming up in about 20 minutes. But first, Bennett, what's going on, man? Not much, man. How are you? Good. Did you watch the National Championship game last night? I did because I'm tired, man. I'm getting old. Like the, that nine that nine twenty Eastern tip really uh, really takes it out of you. But it was a fun game. I really liked it. As I'm watching this game, watching these teams, my biggest takeaway was this is what Kermit Davis wants his teams to look like. Speaking specifically of positional versatility, that's what I kept coming back to. I thought it was funny because um, just kind of bouncing around message boards and Twitter and everything last night. There were a lot of people 
not just Ole Miss related, but just in general, talking about how the game was going to be boring. And then, you know, it started and it they're like, great. oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And there's no blah, blah, blah. But it's like it, those are the same people that when, when Ole Miss, you know, when the season started, they're talking about how they were so happy to see a, a, a different uh, defensive energy and strategy and kind of different defensive coaching from Kermit. But when those kind of teams make it to the final, they also complain because there's no offense. And it's like there was offense last night. It was really fun. But, yeah, I mean, this wasn't an up and down, you know, bunch of possessions kind of game. But it was really good defense. There was a lot of shot making, a lot of rebounding. I thought it was a really, really good basketball game. And you're right. It, this is um, this is kind of what I think Kermit aspires to be. Um, from a versatility standpoint, a lot of guys that can rebound, that can uh, switch on defenders, that can do a lot of different things, and they can also hit shots and hit contested shots. And uh, just uh, – so I, I think that was absolutely um, – if you're kind of looking for a preview of what I think they would like Ole Miss basketball to look like, I think those two teams last night were, were pretty good comparisons for what um, they would like to see down the road. Yeah, the offense might not be as slow as a Virginia or Texas Tech. Right, from a tempo standpoint, absolutely. Right. But I think – But the structure is um, about the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's a difference between – you know, I, I read an interview with uh, – or a story about Tony Bennett leading up to the, the championship game yesterday, and he one of his philosophies is basically like when he gets guys in – in the summer, and they the first thing he teaches is defense, and they have a, a drill where their freshmen go out, and you've got to guard and get a stop, and until you get a stop, you don't get a break, you, you don't get to go off the court. So their freshmen really um, kind of get you know their behinds kicked for a while until they learn how to play defense. So he 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 kind of instills that system, but then allows some freedom on on offense to kind of make up for the you know how rigid and and they are on defense. So it, it's a good um, you know a good comparison between the two, and yeah, I don't think Kermit will ever go quite that slow. Uh, but his his teams weren't the fastest at, at middle, so um, I, I think there's a lot of similarities there uh, when you look at, at when you look at Ole Miss and, and the teams playing last night in terms of style and what they would like to be. Ole Miss is going to sign two players this spring. Austin Crowley comes in for an official visit April 11th. Ole Miss is far and away the favorite right now to land him. So there's one. Then I think Ole Miss right now is looking at it as one of one of the other Kadeem Sire Joey Bronk. I don't think they want to make another spot right now. Franco Miller recently had a third opinion on his knee. He's hurt again. They want to be able to reevaluate him and give him all the opportunity in the world to get healthy. They love the family, the Bahamas connection. They want to give him all the opportunity in the world to get healthy. So that could mean that effectively Ole Miss, after it lands Austin Crowley and one of the two bigs, is done for the spring until maybe reevaluating his options in the summer. I think it was South Carolina that signed two players in June or July last year that ended up playing really heavy minutes for them as they had a pretty good year. So it's not like the roster will necessarily be done, but that's where things are. But as far as the names to pay attention to, if you're watching the spring period, Crowley, Cy, Sean McNeil, Christian Keeling, a graduate transfer out of Charleston Southern, and Joey Brunk. Those are the players to watch for. But if it's only two, is that enough? I mean, maybe. I, I think the tough thing for me is when I look at the roster, and if they're just going to sign two, 
and we assume Austin Crowley is going to be one, and then the other one's going to be kind of whichever big man you can get. I still think they're a big man short. Like, I don't think they have depth behind. Like, if they were to get uh, the kid from Butler, like, I still think they, they're a guy short behind him in the rotation. And, you know, he's he's very good, but he's not – I don't think he's a um, – you know, you, you wrote about it when you did a story on him talking about how – Ole Miss thinks there's some development that they can do to kind of elevate his game, but they've got to do it. And if that doesn't happen, if that weren't to happen for whatever reason, if you weren't to take that step, then yeah, I think it's a big risk. And, and you know, Kadeem Sai, obviously um, different kind of player, much more athletic can handle can shoot. So I think he's kind of more along the lines of kind of what you saw from Texas tech with the, you know, a lot of athleticism, shot blocking um, versatility, able to come out and defend on the perimeter. So, um, they're getting there, but I, I think even if they just do one of those big men, I think they're a big man short. I, I think they're just, um, you know, I think that puts a lot of pressure on the guy that they bring in. And if they were to have an injury there, I, I think they're kind of back to square one. So I would be a little surprised if they just did the one, but, um, you know, they obviously know better than I do. See, I don't think that they really would be taking all that much of a risk. It's like, we forget that KJ Buffin played the five a lot or Blake Kinson played the four or Sam I mean, yeah, but, a six ten ball handler. And then whoever they bring in, Joey Brunker, Kadeem Sai, either one of those players would start. And then you have guys like Carlos Curry coming on, and then Rodney Howard, maybe not ready to contribute as a freshman, but there is well, some size already you're, you're on the roster. Some, you're, you're putting some pressure on, like you, you're going to, in that case, you're going to need Carlos Curry to be ready to give you some minutes as a sophomore or a redshirt freshman, and maybe he is. Um, but you know, there was a reason they redshirted him in the first place. He had some development to do. Um, they always want yeah, to be red shirt at least one big. Right. And, and KJ could play the five, but he was also, you know, he's got to put in some serious work in the weight room if he's going to play even borderline rotational minutes at the five. And he was getting pushed around, um, you know, playing the three or the four. So um, I, they can make it work. I just don't think a lot of those are ideal. Like, I don't, I just don't know that you're going to want to go a whole season, you know, needing minutes from KJ Buffin at the five at certain matchups for sure. Um, but I just think um, I, I think you're again, if if your main guy was to get hurt, uh, I think it'd be a little difficult. And we'll, we'll see what Sammy Hunter looks like. I know that they're very, very high on him. And, I, you know, his film is fantastic. So maybe he can give you some minutes there. But um, I just think there are another big short. Um, but but that's just my kind of perspective. Yeah, I don't think they're a big short. No roster in basketball is perfect as far as depth is concerned, because you're always going to be handcuffed by 13 scholarship players on your roster. That's what it comes down to. But you got to make hard decisions. That's why they make the big bucks. So I think that uh, it makes sense, certainly, to go and get one of the two. What I'm curious to see is if both of those players did want to come, if they really could say no. That's what I'm I'm saying. I think in the day, like if both want to come, I think you got to make room because, you know, Kadeem, they have kind of matching, like kind of um, skill sets that kind of work well together. It can mesh together. Um, they're not the same type of player. They're not the same type of build. And I think they could give you a lot of versatility, the ability to mix and match. Um, I kind of think the theory of what they wanted to do with Bruce and Dom and kind of mix and match, you have a pick and pop guy, uh, a, a bigger rim protector, obviously that, that, you know, never worked out as a tandem. But I, I think you could kind of have that with those two. And it would be, you know, if both, you know, if it were me and both said, hey, I want to come, I, I would have a really, really hard time. I know it's you have to make a spot and everything, but, man, I would have a hard time telling one of those guys no. Because they love Luis Rodriguez. 
And right. if, if you think about it this way, Terrence Davis, lest we forget, didn't do anything as a freshman. Average like, what, a point or something coming off the yeah, bench? Yeah. Luis Rodriguez actually played more minutes. Not to say that Luis Rodriguez is going to be better or become the player that Terrence Davis did, but you can't write off players based off, off of one-year production, especially when it's one year out of high school. So no doubt. Luis Rodriguez could be an invaluable member of the team next year, and that's where development comes in and evaluation and scouting. But it will be an interesting development to follow if both of those bigs want to come. I, I'm not saying that based off of information I've got. The information I got is that it's going to be one or the other. But if both of those players wanted to come, what Ole Miss would do, I think that would be t- a tougher decision to make uh, than maybe Ole Miss is, is kind of factoring in right now. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spirit Bill on Twitter. He's been at hip. The Grove Bowl was this weekend. I didn't watch much of it because at first I had to cover the Chucky Mullins Award Bank within two baseball games, as well as talk to Joey Brunk on the phone. A lot going on in my world outside of the Grove Bowl itself. Not a lot to glean from it. It was pretty vanilla. I did watch it back on Sunday. The biggest takeaway I had from this was what Rich Rodriguez said after the Grove Bowl was over. How important of a summer it was going to be for a number of different players on offense because Ole Miss, according to Rich Rodriguez, isn't what it needs to be physically yet across the board. Which position do you think has to have the best summer is the most important summer for? Because to me, the offensive line has to change its body type. It has to look completely different and overhauled by the time fall rolls run. It's a big, tall task to accomplish, but I think that the offensive line, this is the most important summer for that group more than any other group. Yeah, I think the offensive line really stands out just because they don't have a ton of depth. So, You've got to get those guys that are here and that are, that are able to play into the right shape and, and the right kind of physicality and, and mentality. And then you've got to get uh, – when your freshmen come in in the summer, you've got to get a couple of those guys ready to go. I know Rich Rod said he thought at least a couple of those guys would have to come out and help them. Because um, that's the thing, you know, everyone talks about, you know, Ole Miss took, what, seven or eight offensive linemen in this class. The fact that you have to do that means you have no depth on campus. So those guys have got to get in shape. They've got to you know prevent injuries. They've got to stay healthy. Um, and then I, I think um, you look on the other side of the ball, I think it's a big summer for kind of the defensive end linebackers, those three, four guys now, um, because they are in a whole new system. You're not just putting your hand down in the dirt and, and rushing the passer. You're also getting out in coverage. So I think both lines are, are in for a really big and kind of important summer. While all the NCAA stuff is gone, there are no restrictions anymore. Ole Miss can go back to a bowl. When you look at the schedule, what can you really assume? All you can assume is Ole Miss is going to beat Southeastern Louisiana. It's going to beat New Mexico State. But outside of that, you have to make an argument for your side about whether or not they can beat Memphis or Cal or Arkansas or Vanderbilt. The path to six wins isn't so clear. I don't know. I have no clue what to think about this team, what to think about the schedule, what to think about how the coaching staff, new additions will work and uh, how it will seamlessly all come together. I can't really remember the last time it was like this, maybe 2012, but I do think that Ole Miss has better talent right now than they did then. Still, the unknowns far outweigh the knowns. Yeah, well, I think in a, in a, in a weird way, it's kind of a good thing. You know, last year was, I don't know the right way to put it, last year was kind of boring and that going in, there are just a lot of known quantities. You know, was the defense going to get better? Yes, but on offense, it was, you know, we knew that Ole Miss had – you know, had Jordan, they had a bunch of receivers, they had Greg at, at left tackle, they had all these pieces in place. 
And it was just about, hey, can the offense you know, score enough points for the defense to hang on and make it work? And we knew that we knew that both coordinators were flawed and all this and that. And there just weren't a whole lot of question marks. It was just more about are they going to be able to go, you know, five and seven? Are they going to go six and six, seven and five, whatever? This is just – it's a whole new deal where there's so many unknowns. You've got a new quarterback finally. You've got two new coordinators. You've got a schedule with a bunch of toss-up games. Um, it's just a lot of unknowns. I think it's exciting. It's just something different. There's, um, you know, there's something to be said for going in and just kind of um, – not knowing what's going to happen and that being a good thing. So I think obviously known quantities are helpful or whatever, but it's a nice change from last year where it just was kind of boring and kind of stale. This is, there's a lot new, a lot of excitement. And so I think, uh, I think it's going to be more, at least from an entertainment standpoint, much more interesting of the season. Ole Miss baseball takes on Southern Miss in Pearl. Zach Phillips will start for Ole Miss baseball coming off a sweep of Florida it was a huge weekend for them. That sweep of mm-hmm. Florida completely changes the complexion of this team and the season going forward, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Um, you know, especially the way they did it, come, making that big comeback. Um, you know, you only got what four innings out of out of Will Etheridge on Friday night. So it was um, it was that's a big weekend for them. You know, I think it was important too coming off the the bad midweek loss last week. Um, to, to bounce back like that and take advantage of a Florida team that um, is, is certainly not what they used to be in years past. So, yeah, I, I'm interested to see tonight how they look. Um, you know, Zach Phillips has gotten knocked around a pretty good bit every time he's been out there. So I want to see if he can make some adjustments. But this yeah. is when he needs to be starting, though. No, I, I think it's I think it's a good spot. I think it's much better, you know, than a you know a Saturday or a Sunday. You know, I think if there was ever going to be a time for him to kind of make some adjustments and get the pressure off and just kind of go out there and pitch. And, um, you know, there was obviously things that, that Ole Miss and, and Mike Bianco liked about him in the off season. And I think this is the perfect you know chance for him to kind of go, go out and kind of get back to just kind of pitching and not worrying about everything else. So I'm interested to see how tonight goes. And then, yeah, they're kind of on a roll now and they're in a pretty good spot. And now it's just about continuing to add wins, continue to, to win series and, um, you know, get that win number um, in conference play as high as you can get it. RPI moved from 41 to 24 with the sweep of Florida. That's fringe hosting territory. Where does it need to get to in order for Ole Miss to feel like it can comfortably host? What, 16, 15, 14? Yeah, it feels like you got to get higher than that. I, I don't – I feel like, you know, obviously – um, you know, RPI is a little different from how they treated it in basketball or used to treat it in basketball to how they treated it in baseball. But it just would feel odd to to feel good about a hosting spot having an RPI that's in the twenties or um anything lower than that. So yeah, I think that's kind of where you're looking at that range that you mentioned. Um but there's plenty of time to do that. And and the good thing is the league is so good that you know, there's so many RP, RPI opportunities the rest of the way that you're just gonna get boosted up by playing a really good schedule. Um, obviously, you don't want to lose some of the midweek games you have coming up, but I, I think there's a pretty good chance for them to kind of make a run here and um, you know not have the RPI be a worry if you get enough conference wins. What is almost figured out? Not, of course, counting North Alabama. That was a bad day. Beating Arkansas, taking that series, sweeping Florida. Offensively, it feels like Ole Miss has figured some things out, and that's why they're starting to look more like the team we expected them to be coming into the year. I think so, but I also think they're they're figuring out some pitching stuff. You know, I know that Sunday is still in flux, and whether it's Hogland or you know Houston Raw or you know whoever, like I think they're going to figure that out. But 
I think now that they've kind of figured out Saturday and that Dudna Casey is, is really, really good and that they he's know been the MVP that, other than Cooper Johnson. He's been really good. I mean, Will Etheridge's been really good on Friday night. Dudna Casey has been really good on Saturdays and, and having those two guys in place makes such a big difference because, you know, the first couple of series of the year, it was, well, they've got Will Etheridge on Friday and we'll figure out Saturday and Sunday. Well, now they've got Saturday figured out. They've got Krejci in the, in the closers role pitching well. Tyler Myers is, has kind of emerged as a big-time go-to reliever. I think they were starting to figure the pitching out. I know that they figured out the offense and, you know, Olenek starting to hit really well and that top of the order is kind of clicking. But um, I think the pitching really, figuring out Saturday has been so huge. It allows them to dictate some bullpen roles and that kind of stuff. So now it's just about – trying to find a guy on Sunday that can give you, you know, four or five innings to let the bullpen take care of the rest. Because in an ideal world, when you have Etheridge going Friday and the KZ going Saturday, when those guys are pitching well, you should have a pretty full bullpen come Sunday afternoon for those Sunday games that could get a little squirrely. So uh, I think they, you know, as much focus as the offense has, has gotten lately and rightfully so after they hit the ball so well against Florida, I, I think, Kind of, they've figured out some roles in the pitching staff, and that's made a huge difference too. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Going down to the Chinese Pharmacy phone line to speak to Brennan Chapman, Assistant Director of Player Personnel for Ole Miss Football Recruiting. A deep dive into Ole Miss Football Recruiting, how it works, all that fun stuff with Brennan Chapman. But first, the podcast brought to you by Thomas Chandler, your modern woodman representative. If you need help financially, contact Thomas today. He'll help you with retirement savings, getting your financials in order. He's done it for me. He can do it for you. So what does Modern Woodman do? How about financial security for you and your family through life insurance, retirement planning, financial services? How about quality family life through member benefits and local fraternal activities? Community impact through local volunteer projects that make a difference where members live, work, and play. If your finances are bogging you down as they were for me, contact Thomas today. He's a personal friend. He's the one to talk to, 662-296-0186, 662-296-0186. To learn more, go to www.modernwoodman.org. That's www.modernwoodman.org. Thomas Chandler, your Modern Woodman representative. The podcast also brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. I hate the car buying process. Cannot stand it. It overwhelms me. It's easy for a salesman to get one over on me. Hey, uh, this is a good deal for you. Okay, cool. Thanks. I'm not good at haggling. And that's why Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is the only place for me to go. And first of all, anybody that's listened to this podcast for any length of time knows, I do not vouch for sponsors I truly don't believe in. But the car buying process with Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is second to none, believe me. If you're like me, you're simply just looking to get the best deal. And if that's the case, to avoid the headache, head on over to Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you and get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory is priced to sell, and what separates them is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. It's probably not going to help all that much, but it'll be cool for me, and they'll probably want to talk about spring football or basketball recruiting or the Ole Miss baseball season. But more importantly, they'll want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them today at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Joining me now on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line is Brennan Chapman, Assistant Director of Player Personnel, finally released from Twitter jail and making his long-awaited debut 
on Talk of Champions for a deep dive into Ole Miss football recruiting. What's up, man? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I've been trying to get you on this podcast for quite some time. What's going on right now, man? How's everything going? Oh, not a whole lot. Just made it home from work a minute ago. Going to try to catch the second half of the uh, national title game and uh, hopefully get to bed at a decent hour so I can get up and do it all again tomorrow. So what is a day in the life like for Brennan Chapman, Assistant Director of Player Personnel for Ole Miss Football? Well, we usually get in about 7.30 in the morning, um, and every day is something different. That's what I love about having this job is that it's, it's never, you know, uh, a, a mundane day or something monotonous. Every day you come in, you're going to experience something different. So I usually get there about 7.30, we're all in. And, uh, or, you know, whether we're watching tape or preparing for a visit weekend, you know, lining up caterers and restaurants and whatever we can for that weekend. But, uh, you know, that goes 7.30. We have staff meeting at 9. Uh, we usually go watch film with Coach Luke, watch recruits every day uh, for at least probably 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and, uh, you know, preparing for that. And then uh, you usually get everything wrapped up uh, between, you know, this time of year, you're usually getting home about 9 o'clock at night during the season, you know, between 10 and 11.30. Uh, so long days, you know, uh, on average 14-hour days off uh, out of the season and probably, you know, longer than that in season. So, you know, every day is different, but uh, it, it's an enjoyable job for sure. Work with some great people. When y'all watch tape together, is it a collaborative process or does Brennan have his guy, Coach X, Coach Y have their guys? What's the process like when you watch film of a player and you debate whether or not to offer him or move him up the board, down the board, whatever it may be? Well, that's what I love about what has changed uh, since Coach Siski got here. So I've been here since uh, 12. And before we would watch, you know, offensive staff would watch, defensive staff would watch as a group. So there'd be 15 people in there. And a lot of times it would turn into everybody agree with the coordinator. So, you know, uh, whoever the coordinator was at that time might say, you know what, this guy can't play. And the D-line coach thought he could, but he's not going to go against his boss. So he wouldn't say anything. But when, when Coach Siski got here, he developed a program uh, through our uh, recruiting database and I sit down and I watch him by myself and I type up what I think about him and give him a grade. Coach Sissy does. Um, Coach Luke does. The position coaches do. And then we speak, uh, talk about it as a group in staff meeting. And, uh, and I love that because, you know, everybody's not going to agree all the time. It's not a, a perfect process. There's no um, uh, body out there who's always 100% correct. So I love that we can sit down there and everybody have their different opinions and why they have that opinion and, and, you know, uh, and it's, it does become collaborative at, at that point, you know, because uh, two people may really like him and two people may really not. And then as we talk it out and what we liked and we didn't like, we're going to come to a decision as a group uh, with Coach Luke having the final say. So um, I, I do like it used to be collaborative, but it has changed uh, since Coach Siski got here last year. Has there ever been a player that has brought about a contentious, heated debate, like a Tyler Knight, for example, because he can play offense or defense and you got both sides going at it, wanting to get him on their side? Well, Tyler Knight was was definitely one. I think uh, Coach Luke was his biggest uh, believer for sure, and he, uh, he he's a great kid. And that that's what separated him is, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are talented, but what kind of person are you? You know, or does it mean something to you? You're coming and work harder than anybody else. And and Coach Luke uh, was one of the, the first ones to see that. And the more time you, you talk to the kids spun around them, everybody saw it. Um, you know, it wasn't it, as uh, necessarily measurable as a matter, but, you know, he's a heck of a kid and he's – got an incredible work ethic and uh and, and he's going to be somebody that Ole Miss fans will be very very proud of and uh he was one that you know you put him up and everybody says hey you know he's not big enough but coach Luke saw it early and uh and didn't waver from it and I'm, I'm sure glad we have him now I always wondered about that how you decide whether or not a kid starts 
on one side of the ball or not if he has versatility to him. I'm sure some of that has to do with the desire of the kid too, right? If the kid has a preference, if he's a wide receiver slash safety, I want to try out wide receiver first. Do y'all grant those type of wishes to start a career or uh, do y'all pretty much decide for the player himself? How does that work with the family and their wishes and balancing that? Because at the end of the day, you got to put the best roster you can together. There are a lot of players out there like Jalen Cunningham who can play defensive line and offensive line. We had a needed offensive line, so you put him there. What's that like? How do you balance that? Well, you're surely going to be uh, or do what you told the kid you're going to do. So I've been here, like I said, a long time, and I've never seen uh, any of our coaches lie to a kid. So, you know, we may watch a kid, and he's a D-tackle, and we think, hey, man, this guy might be an offensive line that could be really, really good. But if we're recruiting this kid and he wants to play D-tackle, and uh, when we tell him he's going to play tackle, we're going to give him every opportunity to do that. But a lot of times that works out full circle where the kid will get here and he thinks he's a D-tackle, and then he goes out there to practice and he starts looking around, and he's like, man, you know what? I probably get on the field faster if I go try to play over there. And so we, we're always going to be honest with the kids. And we've, we've, uh, uh, a couple of years ago, we missed on a kid because that we're like, Hey, I know everybody's telling you this. And, uh, but that's not what you are. When you get to college, we're going to move you here. And he didn't want to hear that. And he went to another school and ended up getting moved. His position changed when he got there, uh, to what we told him was going to happen. And that kid transferred. So, uh, we're always going to be honest, uh, with the kid and, uh, and, and then kind of let it play itself out. As a staff, do y'all care about star rankings? Well, it, it would surprise you. I'll, we'll sit and watch a kid, and I'll have my grade done. I don't want to know before I uh, put my grade on them. And I know that uh, a lot of our coaches operate that way because I don't want it to skew me. So sometimes I'll watch a guy, and I'll be like, why am I watching? Like, why is this young list be watching? This kid can't play for us. And then you look him up, and he's ranked number 75 in the country. And uh, but what, what separates it a little bit and what uh maybe the common fan wouldn't understand and i didn't understand now you know i grew up in the riles era reading uh message boards and watching kids i didn't understand until i was you know got into it was uh everybody looks good on the highlight tape there are very very few kids out there that doesn't look good on the highlight tape but we've got 10 guys in in our short tank that uh cut up film all day long and they're going to watch every snap a kid plays on the season and when he does something good bad or ugly we're going to tag it and we're going to watch it so the kid's highlight, man, he may look like an All-American. But then you start watching that cut-up, and the ball goes to the other side of the field, and he's sitting watching his hands on his hips. And he looks really great every five plays, but every four plays he's laughing and not playing hard and getting beat by guys that have no business beating them. So, you know, you watch that, and you're like, well, we don't want that guy. But on his highlight tape, everybody's like, man, what are y'all doing? Mario, I'm not recruiting this guy. Uh, so uh, that kind of uh, separates a lot of the guys out. And, you know, I didn't realize it until I actually sat in that chair. What is the shark tank? How does it work? Was it's modeled after the NFL. So the NFL, you know, they don't have one guy that watches film. So when I started in recruiting here, uh, my first year in recruiting uh, after moving from the offense was 2014, there was three of us. There was me, uh, Brandon Winslow, and Lee Wilmax, and that was it. You know, um, now we have uh, four full-time positions, five, excuse me, five full-time positions, and then uh, ten of the Shark Tank guys. So it's modeled after the NFL. Everybody has an area. Uh, based on what coach they're assigned to. Basically look up everybody every day who's got new offers. We have a database that sends them to us. So-and-so pops up. He got a new offer from Abilene Christian. Well, we're going to watch them just to be sure, you know, and um, they're going to cut them up. And if they they think the guy uh, has a chance, you know, even a remote chance, they're going to come tell us, and then we're going to watch him. If we think he's good enough, it goes up the pipeline then to the position coach, recruiting coaches and coordinators, and then, of course, to the head coach. And uh, But it really helps because – you, you think a lot about these guys. So, coach, uh, the Titans coach may come and say, hey, I need to know, you know, I'm going out recruiting. Spring recruiting is about to start. 
I want to know everybody in my area of Mississippi that has an offer. Well, that's not just go to Rivals and press print. There's or or excuse me, 247 and press print. There's no way to do that. You have to li- manually click it and type it and all that. Well, we now have such a database, and these guys are doing it every day where – uh, two years ago, a coach may have come and asked me to do that, and that's going to take three hours of my day right there to get all looked up and typed up. But now we already have that done because that's that guy's responsibility every single day to be on top of every guy from his area. So it's really cut out a lot of this uh, mundane stuff for us and um, made it where we can focus more on evaluating and uh, and locking in on top targets and getting every bit of information we can about that kid. How big of a net do you all cast at first? How many prospects do you offer? Is it like 300, 200? I don't know. Well, we don't just uh, – that, that, I think that's changed too since Coach Siski got here. We don't offer just offer a kid anymore. We're not casting a wide net. We're going to make sure the kid can play here. We're not going to waste our time, their time, coach's time evaluating. But we don't think the kid can play here. And uh, so we're really um, not casting necessarily uh, as big of a net as we did before, but we're casting the net at the right guys, the guys that you know fit with us, the guys who have the right personality, the right uh, makeup about them, and, of course, have the talent to play here as well. So there's not like a starting number. Starts at zero. I mean, we, it, it starts at zero, and you start watching, um, and, and you watch that guy. He's good enough, and he's and you talk to his coaches, and he's got the right makeup. You offer him, but it's not like we're like, all right, let's print off the top 100 players on the composite, and and let's go, you know, throw an offer at every one of those guys and see who has interest. That may have been how it was, you know, a while ago, but that's not how it is now. We're gonna focus on the right guys and not uh, extend ourselves in directions we don't need to. But say you get to 200 prospects or 300 prospects. Sure. sure. At what point do you have to start whittling it down? Is there a time frame for you guys? Uh, a little bit, yeah, because you get, you know, we're going out recruiting. You have to, you only have so many days to go see so many guys. But um, it, it really does it for itself a lot of times. You know, we may watch a guy and like him and offer him, and then that kid doesn't communicate with us. Well, he takes himself off the board. You know, we may offer a guy, and then we get a bad report on his character. That takes itself off the board. So over time, whether it's kids committing or put on a top list or not communicating, or we don't like – uh, what we see when we get to know them, um, it, it kind of narrows itself down right there, and you don't have to, you know, necessarily say, "Hey, you know, we're recruiting too many guys to this position." You want to have a pool, and uh, and we do that, and but we allow kids to eliminate themselves as well. What are the big priorities for 2020? The target areas for Ole Miss football recruiting. Obviously, we need to sign a, a tight end or two in this class. We we haven't signed a tight end I think in two classes now. Um, we'd like to sign another running back. Um, probably take another quarterback as well there's not not necessarily any priorities like hey we got to get it you know we've had that the last couple of years i think that, that's fair to say like hey we're in trouble if we don't sign somebody at this spot we don't have that right now i think we signed a very very solid class last year it's going to provide great depth as we allow those guys time to grow and get better they're going to be the guys that you point back at in two or three years uh, to me similar to the cj johnson class in the sugar bowl where you're like man they, those guys laid the foundation that, that's what this this last class we signed is going to be where we have we sign guys at every position where um, we can grow with them, and we're not necessarily in dire straits to go sign anybody anywhere right now. Because last year it was obvious, right? You had to get offensive linemen. And even now That's when correct. you look at the spring and the lack of depth you had up front, how many guys do you all expect of that offensive line group that you signed to potentially contribute as early as next year, even if it's just for depth purposes? I think some will have to. I think we'll need them for depth. Uh, hopefully we stay healthy. Always. I mean, if you can stay healthy, we're going to be okay. Uh, and not have to necessarily pull, throw some of those guys out there. But Coach Bignell uh, is one of the better offensive line coaches in the country. Everybody you talk to who knows him speaks so highly of uh, of how intelligent he is and what a great job he does. Um, so he's going to have those guys ready to play. But I don't think it's fair for us or for the kid for him to, for us to say, hey, man, you're, you're going to prom next weekend, but I need you ready to play this weekend. 
we want that, and we've sent them uh, what they need to do to be learning and getting ready to get their bodies ready. But uh, I think that we want to get them here and get them transitioned and make sure that we do everything that's fair to them to put them in their best position to be successful, whether it's this year or next year. You don't want to ever rush anybody. That kind of brings me to my next question here. When you look at after a kid's signing for fans, it's just, okay, who's next? Who's the next class? Who the next round of potential prospects and targets, whatever it may be. But what information is then sent out from the recruiting guys to the players that signed as far as playbook and how to get them ready once they do report, be it as spring enrollees or summer or early summer, late summer, whatever it is, what did they get? What's the process after that? No, it never stops. It's every single day. It never, ever stops. So um, signing day, we their NLIs come in and, and we enjoy that day. And, and, and uh, But the next morning we're back in the office and, um, I, you know, we – manually but you know we're, we're stuffing an envelope it's got a workout packet in it and uh dvd with coach jackson that explains the packet so hey on monday you're supposed to be running this and doing this uh in the weight room this is how you do the weight uh lifting because you know uh they may not have been from a high school that had a great strength program um and they don't know necessarily what you're talking about when you say i need you to do a clean jerk whatever it may be that day and uh so we send that out to them with an instructional dvd from coach jackson and then we keep tabs on them as well, where we can talk to them about, uh, uh, hey, how did it go with that today? You know, how are you doing with this? And then, of course, you got to finish in the in the classroom as well. So we're in communication with our guidance counselors. Hey, this is what he's doing in this class. This is what he needs to do, you know, to graduate. Hey, this is uh, when his graduation date is, because depending on where a kid's from, we've had it before where a kid's, you know, graduation date is after the start of the June term. So then we can't get the kid here till July. Or, you know, hey, you know, graduation's this date, and then we're out of the office for a week, everybody takes vacation. But if we don't have that uh, high school graduation stamped before they leave, well, then we can't get him in. So you really got to stay on top of everything. It doesn't end on signing day. You know, you got to stay on top of everything. You don't want to end up in a situation where a kid doesn't make it or a kid uh, um, has to enroll a, m- a month later because something that we could have done correctly to avoid. And we've done a great job of staying on top of that to make sure it never happens. As far as strength and conditioning training and nutrition – is the information rather general for all prospects, or do y'all have it narrowed down to specific needs for specific guys? It's a little bit of both. So there's a general program for them, for everybody, but then Coach Jackson does such a great job in recruiting. He meets with every guy that we bring on campus, and, and uh, all those guys love him. He has that kind of personality that, you know, guys just want to hang out with him. Um, so he meets with these guys, and he gets to know them. He gets to look at them, and that's awesome as well is that he's been around so many great players, whether it was here, LSU, or Southern Miss, wherever he's been before. That, you know, sometimes we'll bring a kid on campus and he's like, man, I don't know about that guy. Do you see uh, the way that his his lower body is shaped? He's going to have knee issues. You know, and he sees that kind of stuff sometimes, and uh, which, you know, some of us do too, but sometimes we miss it. And it's great to get an extra set of eyes, especially somebody as smart as Coach Jackson, because once he meets them and gets to know them and then they sign, well, hey, I know what that guy looks like. I know his personality. He can communicate with them as well, you know, keep on top of them and what they need to be doing. We've gone this far, and I haven't asked you directly, how is 2020 recruiting going? I know you can't talk about individual prospects, but just in general, how's it going? It's going very well. We have a, a staff that are dynamic recruiters um, from top to bottom. Every guy in the building we have right now is a great recruiter, uh, especially, you know, obviously Coach Peeler, Coach Nix. Uh, the guys that have been here have had tremendous success, Charles Clark, um, Freddie Roach. But, you know, we, you you had the new guys in Calvin McGee who's like revered in the state of Louisiana uh, Coach Rich Rodriguez, who obviously has a huge name. Coach Big Mel, you saw what he did last year, signed on the offensive line. Uh, Mike McIntyre, National Coach of the Year, he immediately demands respect. Um, Jeff Coons, the uh, linebackers coach we just hired, he is one of the more dynamic recruiters I've ever been around. He reminds me so much of Jacob Peter, the way he relates to prospects. 
Uh, he, he's incredible. Tyrone Nix, I, man, that dude, everybody loves him. I mean, he's, he is a uh, – what a guy he is. I mean, we he had guys in this campus, uh, on campus this weekend, and as soon as they come in, they're like, hey, where's Coach Nix at? You know, some guys are like, where do I go? They're kind of shy. Everybody wanted to see Coach Tyrone as soon as they walked in, the guys he's recruiting. So he's doing a phenomenal job as well. So I think I think Ole Miss fans have a lot to be excited about with the guys that we are sending out to represent our school and bring in the next set of athletes. Do y'all do territories anymore, or is it now – all hands on deck, wherever you need to send the coach, you send them. I mean, how does that – because that's how it used to be, that this guy would handle Memphis and this guy would handle Louisiana, Georgia, blah, 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 blah. Is it like that anymore? It still is, and it has to be. Because uh, some of the guys that just being here as long as I have, I've gotten to know some high school coaches. I think Mississippi has some of the greatest high school coaches in the country. And uh, you have to have that area coach because you have to have that relationship. Because they may call you and say, hey, man, I played uh, – it's Saturday afternoon. We get home. We have a morning game. We get home, and you get a text or a call from high school coach. He's like, hey, man, we played this guy last night. He's incredible. Y'all need to get him checked out. And then you pull him up, and, he, you know, he may be ninth or 10th grade, but you got to jump on him because of that relationship you have with a high school coach. If you're recruited nationally and you go by this school one time every three years because they have a player and it's a different coach every time, then you don't have that relationship. I think that uh, – and I, I've told a lot of people this. The best – high school coaches, number one, are, are some of the best coaches out there. And, and number two, they're some of the best evaluators out there. They see what they're planning in their week, and when a guy jumps off the tape with them and they let us know, that means something to, to us. You know what I mean? That this high school coach would take the time and say, hey, this guy's not on my team, but you need to look at him. So you got to have those kind of relationships and those, that kind of trust uh, in order to be successful. So you got to stay in that area and go in there uh, repeat, repeatedly, even when they might not have a player, you know, just to see those coaches because those coaches are great guys and you can learn something from them, and they may give you some information that you can use later. What's the hardest part of the job? Uh, the the grind. So I told somebody this past weekend, uh, once the spring game was over, for us it's a sprint in recruiting office from July, end of July, until uh, the spring game. Because, you know, it's the season's over with. We're bringing in kids every weekend, and every single day we're planning uh, – or every single week we're planning out uh, where our coaches are going. We have a coach out just about every Friday night during the season. So we're having to plan that. We're evaluating, and we're planning for bringing kids on campus – and then, um, you know, as soon as the season ends, you hit official visits. And you get the, you know, the two signing days, official visits. Signing days are with, and you go right into spring ball. And during spring ball, you're bringing kids in every weekend, coming to watch practice. And then when uh, the this, this spring game is over and the coaches hit the road recruiting, it does slow down a little bit. We're still really busy, you know, because they're calling, saying, hey, I saw this kid at the school, or this coach was telling me about this kid. And you're having to, you know, plan their travel, where they're going, and hotel rooms and flights and all that. But it's not, uh, you know, as hectic. But that's, that's probably the hardest job is just the grind, you know, going 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, like I was talking about the hours we work, but, you know, we were in the office to start the season this year. We got kind of a weekend off right before the fall camp grind. So I want to say it was July 24th. We were in the office to start, you know, the actual season. And I was in the office seven days a week, every single day, and at least 13 hours a day until December 22nd was the first day we took off. So that, that's probably the hardest part of it is just a grind. But when you enjoy it, it doesn't feel like a job. It feels like a hobby. You know what I mean? I enjoy going up there every day and having Ole Miss on my shirt and uh, getting out and getting to work for this university. Okay, so Ben Garrett, recruitable quarterback. He's a dynamic quarterback, can really sling it, Brennan, okay? He can really sling it. He's going to come visit Ole Miss. What can he expect? Can Ben Garrett, five-star quarterback, what can he expect when he visits Ole Miss? He can expect to see everything that Ole Miss has to offer. I think that uh, that's one of the reasons I've been able to stay as long as I have. Unless I'm missing somebody, you look around the conference, and, and I'm only you know about to turn 27. I'm the longest tenured recruiting staff member in the conference because there's such a high burnout rate. But what makes it easy here 
is the people of the city are so great. They sell themselves. So, you know, whether it's Butch with Taylor Grocery or Nadia and her crew at the end, or, you know, the, uh, um, uh, Clint and uh, Chance Bristow at the Grill House, everybody in town goes over and above to help us. And, you know, I call them, hey, I need a reservation for 12 on Friday night. They're going to get it done, and they're not going to blink an eye. Uh, and that's not the case everywhere. I've got have friends of mine that have been on staff here that have worked at other schools, and they're always shocked when, you know, we pull something off, setting up a weekend. They're like, man, that's crazy how you get everybody to work with you. And I'm like, it's not anything I'm doing. It's just the way the Ole Miss people are, the hospitality that they have. Because, you know, they're coming from other SEC schools, and they're like, it's not that way there. You know, but this town is so great, uh, and everybody in it as far as helping us, that it makes our jobs easier uh, in the recruiting office as far as setting stuff up. Um, I mean, it, it is an easy, easy sell once we get kids here. What's the big draw when players come on campus? What do they really love to do? I'm sure it's probably the photo shoot, right? Yeah, everybody loves the photo shoot. Everybody loves to get in the jersey and, and take pictures and get their family in there and take pictures. Uh, but believe it or not, a lot of guys just like hanging out with our players. We do uh, – our players do a great job of recruiting for us, you know, because that's the truth. We've uh, This is a hand-to-God truth. We signed a kid since I've been here because he went on a visit to another SEC school, and they said, hey, if you come here, you'll love it 12 days a year on Saturday and you're not going to want to get out of bed the other 353. And then the kid came here, and he was like, what's it really like? Tell me the truth. And our players are like, man, you'll love it. The coaches, the, how they act in recruiting is how they really are. Um, you know, and, and these players, they don't lie to each other when they get on the visits. Uh, our, uh, so our players do a great job of selling the university, Coach Luke's vision. They all believe in Coach Luke, so that makes it easy. And um, But that that's probably one of their favorite things to do is just get away and hang out with our players. And then the parents, you know, then they're spending a lot more time with the coaching staff. And they get to spend one, on time, one time with us, get to know who we really are as people. Has there been a tangible difference from your point of view as far as recruiting and structuring it and organizing it, not having any more of the NCAA crap to deal with? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when the NCAA stuff was going on, you wouldn't believe the stuff the kids would call and say. I mean, we would have kids call and say, hey, coach, so-and-so from this school told me if I come to Ole Miss that I'll never get to play on TV and that they're going to take my scholarship away after two years when y'all get in trouble. Is that true? No, well, no, absolutely not, man. That's not true. There's no chance. That's that's the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. Well, then he calls another coach back, and the coach is like, they're lying. Why would they tell you the truth? You're going to lose your scholarship. Well, that kid doesn't know any better, and he doesn't know who to believe. So, I mean, people were just making up outrageous stuff about us. And, uh, you know, I think that says more about them. If you don't have anything to sell about yourself, you got to talk about other people. But, um, you know, it's come full circle. And uh, now that we're out of the woods and, and this stuff's over with, we can just sell Ole Miss and Coach Luke and, and uh, the great things about this university. Um, it's easy. I mean, it's nine-day difference. What's the most outrageous thing that you got during all the NCAA stuff? Probably that one, you know, the, the kid saying, "Hey, if I come, if I sign with you, I'm going to lose my scholarship after a year because NCAA is going to take it away from me." That's not even a thing. No, I mean it, it doesn't exist. But these kids don't know, you know. They they and they got a coach from another school who's a respected guy telling them that, and they don't, you know, who are they to question it? Do y'all negative recruit? No, we we have enough to sell of our own that we don't have to talk bad about anybody else. Ole Miss is such a great place, and we got so many great people here, and experienced, great coaches. We don't have to talk. I mean. We've got enough to sell that's great about us. We don't have to talk bad about anybody else. You're not going to tell me, but you know I'm going to ask. The school that most negatively recruits against Ole Miss is? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there's a school to the south that – never mind, I'm going to stop. All right, last one. Matt Luke, as a recruiter, when you send him into a home, what's he like? Phenomenal. I mean, he is the most – I heard him described by a parent this year. He's the most comfortable in his own skin – coach they've ever seen in their life so he is who he is some of these coaches come in and 
you know, you can't speak to them unless, you know, you're with somebody. Uh, Some of these coaches, and it's easy to do, you get a little bit of ego about you. Coach Luke doesn't have that. He's a real person. He comes in, and what he says is what he means, and people can feel that. You know, uh, kids are smarter than a lot of people give them credit for. These kids are really highly intelligent, and they know somebody is is lying to them. And when somebody's real, and Coach Luke's as real as it gets, he is the most dynamic uh, recruiter that I've been around. And we've, I think there's been at least probably 35, 40 football coaches come through the building as assistants or, or coach, whatever, since I've been here. And, and he was without question, the best one. He's Brennan Chapman, assistant director of player personnel, making his debut, his long awaited debut on talk of champions at B um on Twitter. He recently lost his last Twitter account with 6,000 followers. So if you want the latest in Ole Miss recruiting and to give Brennan a boost, I guess, in self-esteem, at BCHAPUM, at BCHAPUM on Twitter. Thanks, man. Absolutely, Ben. I appreciate you, man. That was Brennan Chapman, Assistant Director of Player Personnel for Ole Miss Football Recruiting. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Brennan joined us on the Cheney's Pharmacy phone line. For all your pharmaceutical needs, Cheney's Pharmacy is the place to go. Cheney's offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. It's a locally owned pharmacy that has been in Oxford over 40 years. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. So give them a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can find them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. Okay, the NFL draft is coming up. And DK Metcalf recently went on a pre-draft visit to the Buffalo Bills. Don't send DK to the Bills. See, I think that'd be kind of fun. Now, I would I would prefer him to be on a better team. But, you know, the one thing that Josh Allen does well, you know, he's not the best quarterback in the world. But, you know, he runs really well and he has a hell of an arm and can throw it deep. And, you know, DK, you know, I think he's going to expand his route tree and everything. But the one thing he can for sure do right now is they can go deep and, and catch some big balls for you. So I, th- I actually think that's kind of a fun fit. And that, that Buffalo team was better than they should have been last year. And I think they're kind of building something there. So, you know, I, I think that'd be a pretty good fit. Um, maybe you want them somewhere else with a with a more proven quarterback. But I think that could work and, and be a pretty good kind of pairing there with, with Allen and DK. Buffalo is just a graveyard. I want to be able to watch DK. In the recent <laughs> mock draft that I read, which was from Dane Brugler, the only NFL draft person – that I like to read. And Dane Brugger's been on this podcast. He's the best at what he does, in my opinion. He has both AJ and DK Metcalf as first rounders now. And AJ, for a while, wasn't showing up in first round mocks, but now he's visiting the Giants for a pre draft workout. I recently saw a mock to the Ravens. You put AJ with the Giants, makes a lot of sense. I think the Ravens would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, I think he kind of fits them from a personality standpoint. Um, you know, kind of physical. Um, I, I think they're, I really like what they're kind of building up there. So I think that could be a really good fit. The good thing about AJ is he can just kind of fit wherever, you know, he does so many different things. You can put him outside, you can put him inside. Um, you know, he, he just, his skill set kind of meshes with a lot of, you know, as opposed to DK where you're going to put him outside and he can do a, a limited number of things in year one, AJ can kind of do a bunch and kind of help you in multiple ways. So, um, I think the good thing for AJ is that teams are going to look at him and say, you know, we can make him work. You know, we can fit him in there easily. So I think that'd be a pretty good one for him. DK is going to get drafted higher, but I still contend that AJ Brown is going to have the longer better NFL overall career not to say that both of them won't have good careers but that AJ's will at least last longer and he'll have more productivity to his overall game 
think that's the kind of the prototype there. Same body type, same body type, same kind of explosiveness. So, yeah, I think that's the that's the mold. I think that's what if, if you could kind of give him that kind of projection for numbers and stuff, I think that'll work out really well. Greg Little's projected as an early second round pick. That's about it. Dawson Knox, haven't seen him in a ton of mocks lately. Demarcus Lodge, I figure, will be a mid-round selection from someone and will have a good career. I think anyone sleeping on Demarcus Lodge is being foolish. But other than that, it's about where it is. All those seem about right. Greg Little is an early second-round pick. Makes sense. I think so. I mean, it's always going to be eye the beholder there. And, and with Greg, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with him. You know, Do you want to put him at left tackle and give him a shot there? Do you want to put That's him at right tackle? That's a black hole in the NFL right now. He's a left tackle. I mean, I think so, but uh, you know, I don't know that you know his athletic testing at the combine was, was not great to the point where I wonder if teams are now trying to are going to go back to the tape and try and figure out um, you know if he can work out there. If not, can he go to the, to the right side and play right tackle? Does he go in and be a really really good guard for a year and then kind of go back out? So I don't know. I, I think a lot of teams um, were surprised at how poorly he tested. And you know, you go back to the film compared to the numbers and the and the athletic testing, and I think he's an interesting case. I think it's going to be a lot of teams that see him at left tackle. I think there's going to be some that see him on the right, and I think there's going to be some that are going to want to put him inside at guard, um, you know, because he was not the most athletic guy. So um, his deal is interesting to me. I'm kind of fascinated to see both where he ends up in terms of team and where he ends up in terms of position. Top Ole Miss storyline we're watching this week is what. Um, it's interesting. Um, my, I'm tempted it's to say It's just baseball that. season now. It's only baseball. It, it, it is, but you've got, I, I think it's a big weekend for Ole Miss basketball. Um, you know, Austin Crowley coming in, a guy that, you know, they were in on last summer, committed to Vanderbilt, had a really good year out there, uh, Sunrise Christian, I believe, and really kind of upped his stock after he committed to Vanderbilt. Um, back open now. I, I think that's a big piece for them, a big piece of a guy that's a top 100 caliber guy that can, can kind of play all over the top 40, one, two, three, does a lot of things. I, I think it would be really, really big for him to get him in the boat early, not have to worry about that. And that's a big piece that they're kind of looking to fill. So um, the answer is probably baseball, but I, I think that's a pretty big weekend for basketball too, trying to get Austin Crowley locked down, um, get him to go ahead and, and in that process instead of going to take other visits that's what i'm watching this week i was told that he's got the maturity level similar to blake henson to where he can come in as a freshman and have that type of impact the difference is that i think austin crowley has even more positional versatility than blake who was pretty position versatile last year could play the two three or four mostly played the three and the four austin crowley can handle the ball and as far as a wing is concerned the body type the way he's built not only would he make an impact next year, but developmentally, I think he has so much room to grow to where he could become an all-league caliber player pretty quickly should he grow into his body soon enough. I think that's just a huge piece for them moving forward. And it was alluded to from Blake Kinson after the NCAA tournament loss, Austin Crowley was the guy that he felt confident that was going to end up being a rebel. He didn't say his name, but, I mean, he described right. him. He said his coach just got fired. He thinks he made a mistake the first time. He wants to be here. Austin Crowley, I would be surprised at this point, doesn't show up and, and, and commit and sign with Ole Miss. But until it's done, you never feel completely great about it. But I, I think you're right. I think that's the number one thing. Of course, Game of Thrones comes back on Sunday. That's the most important thing, which means, of course, the return of the night is dark and full of terrors with Maester Daniel on Thursday. Will you be watching Game of Thrones on Sunday? Uh, I am not. You um, are a terrible person. Yeah, I'll watch some Masters on Sunday. That'll be that'll be you my TV. You are gross. You are gross. You're not How gonna have watch you not watched Game of Thrones? 
it's a big commitment from a time perspective. Oh I just have You've watched you watch more TV than anybody I know. I do, but it's just the issue with Game of Thrones is, and I know this going in because I've talked to you about it, I've talked to other people about it, is that I'm going to watch it at some point, but from a time commitment perspective, like I'm not going to just watch every episode once and just binge through it. Like I'm going to have to watch at least multiple episodes multiple times. And it's not like some shows where you can put it on and you're doing work or whatever, come home, you're cooking or out on the grill, have the TV on or whatever. With Game of Thrones, you've got to sit there and you've got to pay attention. You know, look, you look, look, let me stop. Let me stop you. No, no, no. I went in completely blind to Game of Thrones, completely blind. Once you get into it and you have questions, that's what Game of Thrones wiki is for. That's what having a friend like Ben is for. Mine that's what I'm saying. Though. Was this, is, this is not just a this is not just a hey, put it on and watch kind of deal. I've got to I've got to have questions. I've got to go, got to go search the internet for questions. I've got to call you for questions. It's just a time commitment deal. So I'll get around to it, um, but Liar. I'll probably I'll probably wait for it to finish up. So I don't have to wait or whatever, and then I'll just knock it out at once over a summer or something. You're a disappointing person. Can't be helped. Game of Thrones comes back on Sunday, and it's going to be like a national holiday for me. Of course, I'm going to watch the Masters. I always watch the Masters. But that Sunday is about Game of Thrones. (laughs) I will say that the NFL draft coming up outside of Ole Miss players and watching where they go, because I was going to go cover this, but David Johnson is going to go cover it for us. The Cowboys not having a first-round pick completely changes – my perspective for the NFL draft. I'm not nearly as interested in it as I otherwise would be had they had a first round pick. Yeah. I feel like there's not a ton of storylines. Like, yeah, I feel like the Colin Murray stuff is there. Um, he's going to be, he's going to be the first pick. He's going to the car. Certainly feels like it. But outside of that, I, I just don't feel like there's a whole lot of sectionists there at the top. I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of defensive linemen and edge rushers. And I, I just feel like it's, there's, um, it's a really good draft class from like a depth perspective, but there's not a ton of like huge big name stars or whatever. Like we got spoiled last year with so many big time quarterbacks, whether it was Baker, or, uh, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold. That was a fun kind of deal draft class to kind of prepare for. And you knew the draft was going to be kind of crazy. This is just, you know, it, it's still entertaining and intriguing or whatever, but it's just not doesn't have the same kind of newsy kind of pop to it that last year's did. Ideal fits for DK and AJ. Um, you know, I, I like to see, um, you know, I, I think for AJ, I would, I would be intrigued with him and green Bay. Um, they've got, well, Seattle. They've got two, yeah, Seattle be fun. I think green Bay, you know, they've got two first round picks. Um, you know, you're with Aaron Rodgers. You got a new offense there. They kind of do a whole lot of stuff. They're trying to, um, move to an offense that utilizes bunch formations and get some guys, some easy touches. So I think AJ can kind of fit well in there. Um, I still think Buffalo is a really good fit for for DK. Um, you know, I think Washington could work. Um, I'd like to see him in a lot of places, man. Just a lot of places that kind of let him do what he does. Um, but yeah, I think Buffalo does make a lot of sense. So I think that that'll be fun for him. If DK is a Washington Redskin, he's dead to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be that would be tough. Yeah. But I, I think you know, I think if you're a Redskins person, you would want them, you know, trade a pick for Josh Rosen, get DK. That offense could be kind of fun. Obviously, you wouldn't enjoy it. I would hate uh, it. But that would be kind of fun, I think. Yeah, I would hate it. I would hate it so much. <laughs> He's been at Hip. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben at Ben at Hip. Check out Talk of Champions in iTunes as well as on SoundCloud and soon to be back on Rebel Sports Radio. Our thanks to Brennan Chapman. This has been Talk of Champions. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.